things happen that did not happen. Some you people would say yes. Hug people and, and now everyone is scared. I know. I'm trying to remember that. But, but I, I think I think most people that come to see you are good with the hugging. I I might be wrong, but I think they are. A little bit bold. You can always <laughs> hug. You can always hug little um, Tommy Bobby here. He'll let you hug right, him all day. Right, right. That's what I'll do. I'll keep that. There. <laughs> I hug only this one. <laughs> you can hug us, and when Mr. Chris comes here, I bet you can hug him. Well, you know that that's kind of funny too. He never was a hugger. Well, that's true. He's not a big <laughs> hugger. I just I make him hug me. <laughs> Maybe against his will. I, I don't love know. That guy. Me too. He is so sweet. I walk into the car every time, and I notice that he wants me to stare a little bit back. And afraid I'm going to run and get in the car with him or something. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Oh. Oh, yeah. All right. Look at this loveliness. I I remember telling Chris. Uh, Thank you. Is over, this for me or not for you? Okay. I'm going to get my own. Um, when we first started the, doing the recording process and everything, I remember telling Mr. Chris at that time, I, I know it's uncomfortable for you at times, but we are going to hug when we, when we right. see each other and, uh, and right when back. we leave. And, and I explained to him like the importance of the process, and I was like, you know, we're, we're going to work through this together. And it, um, it was so funny because, you know, now it's it's part of who who we are, and you know, it, right. it's, it's what we do. And um, I think he's. Uh, from what he's told me, kind of thankful for that whole process of mm -hmm. just being like, no, let's let's get used to this and let's do this thing, you know. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, but it's definitely not his favorite thing in the world to do. Right. <laughs> you know, it, ever since he was a little boy, I was so blessed. I, I got to keep him a lot, you know, from mm -hmm. the, the working parents. And uh, But Chris loves Randy. Oh, my goodness, to pieces, you know, just loves him. And so, remember how that house was located? You could look over and see where they're walking. Yeah. And uh, he would see Randy coming from school. <laughs> he would not go back in the house. And he'd say, there he is, Randy, there he is. You can go now, Randy, go now. <laughs> <laughs> I never forgot that. <laughs> That's awesome. They're just waiting for Randy to show back up, so that right. so you could be relieved. <laughs> it really was funny. Life is great, isn't it? Life is is very good. I uh, I cannot disagree with that at all. Hi guys, Mr. Chris. <laughs> How you doing this morning? Doing wonderful. <laughs> Get my hug from you. <laughs> Thank you. Hi, Granny. Hi there. <laughs> I remember now, Chris, and I don't hug, right? Yeah, I probably better that I don't hug since uh, I, I'm still working with I meant the, me. I, I got to yeah, remember not to hug. What I was going to say, it's it's uh, probably better that I don't hug since I'm still working <laughs> with the public. You're surely a wonderful person. I'll I'll take, I personally will take that chance. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, Granny, for saying that uh, I'm a wonderful person. Well, and you are a wonderful Isn't he, Chris? Uh, Josh. Yes. That's right. That's We've right. always loved him, haven't we, Josh? Well, most of the time. You know, sometimes, <laughs> sometimes he falls off the love we list. We just yeah. love to hug him. <laughs> sometimes I've uh, fallen out of magnific uh, mag magnificence. But never Hi, with Terry. Terry, right? How are you doing, Terry? Air hug for you. Or a real hug. All right. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's a half a hug. <laughs> it's all confusion here. You call that a hug? <laughs> no, that was a hug. 
I agree. That was only a half a hug, but that's okay. I'll take it. <laughs> oh, you guys are so nice. <laughs> you always laugh at my jokes. Well, wow. they're usually pretty funny. Yes, very good jokes. <laughs> and if they're not, that's not the battle. <laughs> I wanted to ask you, uh, Josh and Terry, are you guys sure you don't want the records back? Because I, I have them in my car. Nope, those are... Uh... Those records are for you, my friend. No, oh, well, that was uh, part part of adding to your collection. So, well, they're great additions. Do you want that cut up more, Granny? Or are you good with it, biting into it? Oh, that looks just fine. I'll just bury Perfect. my nose in it. I think that's a great idea. <laughs> yeah, I, I listened to both of the records. Thank you, honey. Listened to both of the records. O- Otis Redding was very good, oh, and yeah. I love the Mills Brothers records. And the, there was a couple songs in there I had heard before, like. Uh, Glow, little glow worm, climber, climber. <laughs> Thanks to Grandpa. Yes. <laughs> well, you still got that beautiful voice. Indeed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, so, yeah, I um, brought along, where did I put it? I brought along that DVD I was talking about. Oh, there it is. The Stax Records. So, yeah, the Stax. Um, there's two things in there. The, the one is the the 67 uh, Stax Volt re- uh, review that I was telling you about. Mm-hmm. That is classic. And then the other one is um, a documentary. Um, respect Yourself. Yeah, Respect Yourself, which <laughs> I think Samuel L. Jackson is the narrator for it. And it's got mm-hmm. interviews with all the different musicians that uh, played with Stax. And so it's a fun little uh, set. I think you'll enjoy it. Yeah, I, I think that will be interesting. I definitely enjoy uh, Stack Records music, so yeah, this will be... Thank you, Josh. This Absolutely. Will be, this will be fun to watch. <laughs> so that's the next little piece on your journey here. Yes, a good. that's a great piece to my journey, which has been an exciting journey so far. And uh, Last Sunday when I came over, I went over to Mom and Dad's house after the podcast, I found a letter that I had gotten. Mailbag. The mailbag's open. Granny, do you hear that? Yes. Chris wants to open the mailbag. All right. Mm-hmm. All right. That's all right with me. Mail time, mail time, mail time. <laughs> mail time. <laughs> uh, so, um, yes, this letter, uh, it came to Mom and Dad's house, and which is funny because I no longer, I think I heard someone got a text. That's uh, fine. That's no worries. Okay, I just want to make sure you guys. Oh, we are all good. Don't let that distract you. Okay. Well, anyways, uh, so which funny? I don't address. I send when I send return envelopes. They're always to uh, me and Randy's house now, not um, mom and dad's house. So I figured, well, this had to have been from a while ago. And then I looked at the stamp here. It's a Christmas stamp from 2016. It says. So I thought. Wow, this is really four, three or four years ago. So, and there's the you see the return label is blank. So I open it up. This is an ad from According to Jim. Okay. Jim Belushi. Oh, wow. <laughs> so. so you did get Jim Belushi's uh, autograph. I did get Jim Belushi's. Interesting. Autograph. That's a, that's an interesting autograph. Oh yeah, yeah. And hieroglyphics. Especially yeah, because I I looked at my dad because my mom she wasn't home at the time, but I said to my dad, "Is that really? I can't tell if that's Jim Belushi's signature." And dad said, "Yeah, I bet that's Jim Belushi. He seems like a guy who wouldn't really write out his whole name." <laughs> no, but uh, he doesn't know how to spell Jim. 
Hmm? <laughs> I was just making a joke. I'm not a fan of his. Oh, you said. So I just say he probably doesn't know how to spell Jim. So oh, that's just my little snide remark. No, that's a good joke. I like you. I'm sure you. I bet you like John Belushi, but his I, brother. Well, better. yes. Who doesn't love John Belushi? Oh yeah. So are they brothers. They yes. are. Ooh. They are actually. So John Belushi, he was kind of a little more famous, and he was a little bit more early too, like in the oh, yeah. late seventies, early eighties, uh, and. John Belushi, Granny, you, I think you would know John Belushi from uh, the Blues Brothers. You know, the, yeah, do, do you remember the Blues Brothers movie? I remember the name. <laughs> the name? It's the, the two guys with sungglasses and uh, suits. Right. The, the, the two blues singers. Well, anyway, it's uh, uh, John Belushi and Dan Aykroyd. Uh, but they, they made um, a movie together in 19. 19- so, anyways, so. What happened was John Belushi, he died in 1982, and his brother, and his uh, he became a comedian too, you know, in the 80s, and uh, he was on Saturday Night Live and stuff, so so that's him, the, the brother Jim Belushi, and um, so according to Jim, I, I did watch According to Jim back in the day, and this ad, I think it was... Um, because this had, uh, I must have written Jim Bel- See, I don't even really remember. I think it was January 2017. So, yeah, it's been three and a half years now. I wow. had given up hope on him writing me back. But <laughs> um, And I think I there was a DVD for, I think, the George Lopez show that Randy had. And, and inside the case, there was the ad here. And I thought, you know, Jim Belushi, I like him. He's a good comedian. I think it'd be nice to write him a letter to see if maybe he'll sign this. So um, I can't remember, because he didn't send me a note or anything. I don't know if I asked him any questions in my letter. But I do remember that I didn't mention anything about his brother. Because I figure, you know, some celebrities like that, they get a little upset. Like, you you like my sibling better than me? You know, and I, I didn't want to come off that way so i figure i'm just not gonna mention you know i'm gonna focus on him in the letter makes good sense interesting so that may so that explains i was wondering where that came from the Mm -hmm. insert but you sent that to him to get autographed the dvd yeah interesting the folding of it to put into the envelope is also fascinating (laughs) i also love that like it's been sitting there for three years and finally like his male assistant or whatever was like hey we gotta have you sign this thing exactly J to the M a J to the M J to the M just like oh I get it hurry up you know well that's what my dad said he thinks that I bet you that because of the coronavirus maybe Jim Belushi was getting caught up on all his fan mail that's that's really not a bad thought that's probably exactly what is going on like that that one episode of the Simpsons where um, Marge she sends the painting to Ringo star <laughs> yeah and then finally like 30 years later he gets to it yeah. years later. <laughs> does that mean we can go back to hugging well i don't know if jim belushi signing that will make us go back to hugging but someday it, we'll it, be able to it is a sign of the world coming together though <laughs> <laughs> there might be signs of the apocalypse and there's also signs of you know, my memory I, I offend a lot of people I don't, I don't think you've ever offended anyone in your whole life. <laughs> yes, I have. Okay. They back away from me. Well, I don't want to take that away from you. Sometimes it's fun to offend people, so I don't want to take that away from you. Uh-huh. I make it a hobby myself. <laughs> I'm glad to hear that, honey. What, what, what was your Wu-Tang Clan name? Irritated... Was oh, irritated? Irate oh, Irate Observer. That was my yeah, name, Terry, yes. Terry put her name into the Wu-Tang Clan... Uh, 
uh, name generator, and it came out as Irate Observer. Irate Observer. <laughs> I think yeah. that really suits me. Is that I, a compliment? I think so, yeah. Yeah, the, whole, the, um, the reason why we had looked at that was uh, the childish Gambino. Was yeah. That, Mm-hmm. And uh, found out that his that's how he got the name Childish Gambino was by using the Wu Tang Clan uh, name generator online, and that was the name that came out for his name. So I'm gonna find everyone's nickname on here. All right, Childish Gambino. Have you listened to Childish Gambino yet? No, I have not. But that's that's gonna be on your journey. I, um, you, you're gonna get there in a little bit. We're, we're after we get through this Stax Volt thing, we gotta do a little bit of. Um, uh, learning about Daptone records. Yeah, I have heard of Daptone. Uh, I'm gonna so. share share with you some some good stuff from them, okay. and then we're gonna move from there to um, that Childish Gambino album because uh, actually Soulsby hit me to that. Um, I'd heard of it, but I just really it was off my radar. Mm-hmm. And Soulsby came around a couple months ago and was like, "You really need to go back and listen to that. Like, it's yeah. really good." And, and uh, a couple of albums from them, but. There's your nickname. Lion Great. Lion Great. And that's Lion? Lion Great. Lion Great. Because um, I'm a great big Lions fan. There you go. All right. Lion Great. It's not Lion, Great, right? Like it's not like a sarcastic fight. Lion Great. Great. Yeah. If I could say a childish Gambino, I think I've heard them before. Maybe. Granny, you're Brainiac Niffy. Whatever that means. You're a Brainiac if that's your nickname. Yeah, the the, the Wu Tang Clan uh, name generator has given Granny the name Brainiac Niffy. Niffy. Uh, I was gonna say mine comes out the same again. Go ahead, Chris. I'm sorry. Oh no, you're good. I uh, say <laughs> so I think I've heard. Oh, you can go. I'll let no, you no, go, go ahead. I'm just. I've heard I've heard of Childish Gambino, but haven't listened to it yet. I maybe I've heard Josh mention Childish Gambino, but the. Go ahead. I'm just showing him oh, his. Okay. <laughs> Mighty? That's your nickname, Mighty. Just Mighty. Oh. All right. All right. Uh, Josh is Mighty. Right. <laughs> mighty awesome. Yeah. Or as Dahlia would say, pretty great. <laughs> pretty great. <laughs> so, uh, but Childish Gambino, hearing that makes me think of Big Bambino, Babe Ruth. <laughs> uh, so it kept making me think of Babyface Gambino. Right. Um, uh, that's yeah. a mobster. Because that, that was a mobster that was uh, in the news a few years ago for uh, turning state's evidence and stuff. But I, it, um, So whenever I heard the name, I, I don't know why, I just always conflated the two things. But And I heard that it was an actor in his musical side project kind of thing. So I was like, eh, I'm not that interested. You know, that, that, typically speaking... I'm not overly interested in when actors and actresses try to Become swing singers. over into the singer category. Right. Not even Kevin. I mean, that was a fun thing to take Debbie to, but um, <laughs> Kevin Costner. Yes. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I, 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 you know that's Debbie's hero. Mm, oh, I've seen her T-shirt. Oh yeah. I have a Kevin Costner uh, uh, T-shirt because of taking her. Well, to it's in a blanket now. It's, a, it's in the blanket <laughs> right. that uh, um, uh, Susan's daughter made. Yep. So. Uh, Anna, right? Yep. Anna, yeah. Uh, but anyway, um, so I was just kind of like, meh, you know, whatever, just didn't listen to it. And then, like I said, Silsby hit me up to it, and uh, Terry and I have been listening to that album a, a little lately and just really it's enjoying it. It's pretty cool. Um, so <laughs> anyway, we're, we're going to do this. We're doing a little narrative to get our way that way to... <laughs> And then, and then we'll go to a different stream of music. So A narrative based on uh, 
obscure, unheard of music. <laughs> I well, like uh, mildly heard of music, mildly but maybe of, just yes, not yes. stuff uh, that your attention had been pointed towards, and, right. you know, before. It's kind of like when you took that history of rock and roll class. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's good to sometimes uh, get somebody else's perspective on just where where they. What what stream of music or what river of music they kind of followed? Oh, absolutely. You know, uh, with their taste and stuff, so um, I, I think it will be interesting for you. Yeah, and I get what you're saying. Yeah, that sometimes some of the best music is uh, is not the mainstream, you know. And I yeah, actually, you're right, Josh. That is kind of I remember uh, Mr. Jensen. He did kind of lean towards a lot of the. Uh, more obscure music, or um, I guess some of the lesser known. Music. I know that he um, he gave a, a big lecture, a long lecture on Frank Zappa. Frank Zappa. Well, and and you know Zappa is definitely somebody who influenced a lot of other musicians right. that everybody else then loves. So right. And, uh, but you know, I, I just I think it's it's good uh, to get a perspective on it um, and where you came from. And, and one other disc I'm going to share with you along the way is is a collection of gospel and soul music that was recorded out of the e-course uh or, yeah the studio over an e-course um and it's a bunch of local musicians doing gospel and soul music and just fantastic stuff but it was old tapes that just never went anywhere people recorded it and it just wasn't commercial enough and then they got dusted off by uh this record company named numeral uh records uh and it's some brilliant stuff in there but it was fun to think about it was that that recording studio was one or two blocks away from where Granny used to uh, wait tables over there by the factory. Great, like steel. Yeah, oh, just okay. like two blocks over was this recording studio. At where at? In E-Course. Oh, wait, E-Course. Oh, right, right, yes. So it's like like that Rouge course area yep, right in there. And, for that. Um, but uh, the studio was just like bunkered in and, you know, they recorded all kinds of local artists that <laughs> just, you know, probably frequented a lot of the same restaurants in that area. And everything, yeah, but, Granny probably saw a lot of them. Yeah. yeah. That is very neat. Well, I also, um, I think it's cool, Sister Rosetta Farp, that uh, she grew up not too far from where Granny grew up. Right, absolutely. Yeah, you can definitely connect those together. So, um, you reminded me this morning um, <laughs> to bring guitar with me, and I got a guitar. Um, I thought long and hard. I ended up choosing this guitar for you because... It's actually a three-quarter size guitar, so it won't be as heavy on you. Okay. Uh, but it still is a, you know, classically classic-looking guitar. Sad that I didn't have it in black. Oh, so, that's all right. Cause I mean, that would have been nice if I would have had a black <laughs> version of it, but I do not. And but, in Johnny Cash, in the first part of his career, he did use that, you know, uh, sure. white, uh, he yellow. He might not have used a bear puncher one, but that's a good. Uh, <laughs> that's what I was gonna say. <laughs> But this is oh the, yeah, the that's good. Oh, that is Western cool. looking. That is very nice. So, um, you so Chris is going to use that for his Halloween costume. Mm-hmm. He's going to dress like Johnny Cash. Um, oh, this guy in here it. goes yeah. on here. Okay. So on this end. Yes, sir. And so, depending on how it fits on you, you can either use the cloth button part here. Okay. Like once it goes, once it goes around your shoulder and everything, mm-hmm. you can either use. The cloth button piece onto this guy mm-hmm. here, or you can use Strap. this to click it into there. Oh, I would suggest this to this because mm-hmm. I think the way it's going to sit on you, because of your body type, is going to be the better approach. I think so too. So we'll do like that. Yep, he's going to be Johnny Cash. We're all black and have the, yeah, have the well. guitar. 
I can lengthen it out a little bit if you want to sit a little lower on yourself or if you want it higher. I mean, depends on how it feels to you. Well, you know, I think it feels comfortable. Let me try put it on my back, though, because that'll be the thing for the photos. Because yeah. Johnny Cash always had the guitar on his back. Oh, that's true. <laughs> Yo, actually, I think it, it is real comfortable. Okay. <laughs> that was on my phone. Uh, that, was, that was hilarious. That was, that was just me sending you those pictures that I just took. I see. But that was a good. That was a good little uh, follow up. Yeah, like like a guitar note did not come from me. <laughs> like, wow, Chris got it down it. already. Yeah, I do not play that well. <laughs> and well, thank you so much, Josh. And actually, you know what's funny? Um, well, you know, actually, if you'd like, you can keep the guitar case because I have one at home. And actually, it's a House of the Blues guitar case. So well, it's, you, you can certainly transfer it once you get it home, but you're not driving that guitar around without a case on oh, it. So. Yeah, <laughs> I, I agree. Better safe than sorry. And uh, yeah, I should have brought my case with me today. No, but, no, you're good. Take, but, take the case with you. That's it's They, they are a package deal. They go together. So. <laughs> Don't separate them. Yeah, you know, I was going to say, um, yeah, House of the Blues, I have... Uh, his dad, he had a um, electric guitar for House of the Blues, and I figured that you know that'd be kind of cool for Johnny Cash since Johnny Cash frequented the the home of the blues, so kind of yeah. similar. Or he had the song, you know, the home of the blues. So. And I have a guitar pick too for Home of the Blues or House of the Blues. Well, um, yeah, it's, if it's an electric guitar case, just um, make sure it fits properly. Right. Because um, they do have different shapings to them. But, right, you know, yeah. give it a shot, see what it does. Yeah, it might not be as wide, but, but yeah, I'll try it out first. Well, thank you, Josh. This is very generous. And I, I do like how it has the beer punching sticker. That is funny. <laughs> well, that's going to be uh, on any of my guitars. So right. I, can, I can't help that part. <laughs> no, I think that, You'll that's probably a, get a lot of um, questions about that at the party. And, and you know what's funny? I think that um, that's a nice little trademark. Kind of like uh, Hal Blaine, the drummer, when uh, he wrote me the letter and he sent me those little uh, uh, drum stickers. That's what that reminds yeah, me okay, of. Okay, yeah. Josh strikes again. Yes. <laughs> the bear puncher was here. Mm, the bear puncher played this guitar. <laughs> so yeah, I, I got this from you know that band Mason Jar Punch. Yes. <laughs> that band. Uh, make it, big in Carlton. Big in Carlton. Sometimes Hot Springs. Yeah, they're not really good in Carlton. <laughs> well, well, you know what I I could make it like uh, the you know that movie yesterday about the Beatles mm-hmm. and the, the Mandela effect. I could make it like, oh, don't you guys know Mason Jar Punch? Right. And they all, no, we don't know. <laughs> but they're, they're, they're big. They're, they're the biggest big. band in the world. Yeah. <laughs> Josh and Debbie. How do you not know Josh and Debbie? <laughs> yeah, that would uh, be an interesting experiment. <laughs> <laughs> that would be. Did, did you guys watch yesterday? I did. I took my mom to see it because she's a big Beatles fan. Oh, I didn't know that about Dolly. Yes. We didn't either. Yeah, we didn't need, like, she came to it late in life, but she loved the Beatles, so I took her to see that. I took her um, one time to the IMAX to see, um, was it Hard Day's Night? Uh, yeah. Yeah. You want us, yeah. That was really fun. Mm-hmm. On the huge IMAX screen, it was it was a good experience. Yeah, but that would um, be cool. Yeah, but she liked Yesterday. <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, I didn't see Yesterday at the movie theater, but I saw it when it came out on DVD, and it, it is a pretty interesting film, and 
Uh, the only one, I, the John Lennon scene, I felt like they could have done better with that. And like, I thought he looked pretty much like him, though. I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, it's hard to know what he'd look like at age eighty, but yeah, uh, Richard Carlyle, Robert Carlyle. I, um, but yeah, because I, I had never heard of Carlyle, but I when I read up on him, I saw that he's like a, a real big actor in Great Britain, and he oh, okay. was in the the Full Monty and uh, the Train gotcha. Train Spotting. So, oh yeah. Uh, uh, Carl, I, I don't know if it's Robert or Richard. Or it's some name that starts with an R. Not not Randy. I would remember Randy. <laughs> yes, if it was Randy. Yes. <laughs> but but yeah, I agree. He did look a lot like John yeah. Lennon, and um, uh, thirty years, four years later, and I I just thought the voice, like his voice, didn't really sound you know much like John Lennon's voice, you know, and like how he said. Uh, Oh yes, me and uh, me and my wife are doing very well. So, and and first thing that came to my mind was, is he talking about John Lennon's first wife Cynthia or his second wife Yoko Ono? You know, you got to be a little more specific there. You know, <laughs> uh, well, one right. would one would assume he would never have met Yoko Ono yeah. if there was never a Beatles. Trail. That's true, and even Cynthia, I don't think he meant Cynthia until he was in the Beatles either. So, yeah. so you know, some other uh, that's history. true. Yeah. And it was Robert Carlyle. Oh, you Googled it. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. I, I, I saw you struggling with it, and I, yeah. I want to make sure you felt like you, you hit the nail on the head. So it was definitely Robert Carlyle. <laughs> well, thank you for helping me to hit the nail. So uh, how was work this last week, Mr. Work, Chris? Work was real good. Um, I think it was a little bit busy. Uh, I think as fall is coming in and to an end, I think uh, we're getting a lot more shoppers. But... Um, or I'm, I'm sorry, summer's coming to an end and fall is beginning to start. We're getting a lot more shoppers. But, but yeah, work, work went well. And um, uh, there might be a highlight to tell you. Oh, yeah, so uh, one of my old pastors from Christ the King School Church, uh, he is a, a regular customer at Lowe's. And I've, I've seen him three times there now, uh, Pastor Jay. And he... Um, he doesn't remember me uh, from, you know, but when I said, he now that he's seen me since the first time, he remembers my name. Oh, hello, Chris. How are you today? And, you know, so, yeah, that's real thoughtful. Nice. That's good. Mm-hmm. Nice. So what, you said uh, you guys are getting busy and selling. Uh, what are, what's the big thing selling right now? I think uh, flowers right now. I think because there's uh, they're trying to clear out the garden center with uh, uh, flowers and all the mulches and soil, topsoil. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. I, uh, I was wondering if people were like scrambling to do like last minute painting, like, like, Ter- <laughs> like Terry and I are. Right, we do. Paint our porch. <clears throat> yeah, paint our porch and our garage and stuff. Oh, and I think we, yeah, we're selling paint too. It just seems like I'm having to help a lot of people load. Uh, mulches and uh, topsoil but but yeah they, we do still have a lot of it just paint usually people uh, load up the paint themselves so I don't notice the paint buyers as much but, right. but now that I think about it yeah they've been kind of busy at the paint desk so you've been slinging a lot of bags of mulches into people's cars oh a lot of slinging yeah. <laughs> actually I do have something funny to tell you uh, so the other day I think you, both of you guys will get a kick out of this, and Grady will probably find it funny too. All right, Grady, uh, there's the challenge. <laughs> uh, there was these two Asian ladies who were, uh, they had a couple bags of soil, and I asked them if they would you like me to help uh, put the soil in your car, and uh, they said sure, we'd really appreciate it, and they had to like move some stuff out of the way and. 
in the trunk of their car they they had a couple of trump pence yard signs <laughs> and they they said to me oh would you like a, a sign we're, we're giving these away <laughs> and they said they admitted they said we're, we're big uh trump support, big supporters of president trump and we we have supplies of his signs and uh so mm-hmm. and i at first i said oh i i no, i i don't I don't. You don't have to. And they said, "No, oh, no, we want to give you something for helping us." <laughs> so that's uh, your prize for helping. <laughs> Take the dirt back out of their car. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I agree. If that's if they can have the dirt back. If that, yeah. <laughs> but um, no, I, yeah, that's actually what my mom said. That she's like, "So that's your the tip they're giving you now, Trump signs." <laughs> they really probably thought that was a good. I'm just shocked that that demographic, but. Guess you never can tell. You know, and actually, you're right, Terry. I thought the same thing. Like of all the races, because it seems like even there's even African Americans now. A big, um, well, I think maybe it might have gone down since the the George Floyd thing. But um, before that, it seemed like President Trump even had a lot of African American support. So yeah, I agree. It's <laughs> I don't know about a lot. Probably some. So yeah, a lot. Yeah. Well, it's but, an interesting. Yeah. Um, campaigning strategy to go and buy a couple bags of dirt <laughs> and then get somebody to come to your trunk and put the dirt in just to try to convert it. Then you're like, here. It's almost like the Jehovah Witness coming up to your door, you know, right. like, hey, uh, you know, whatever. Like, this is just their unique way of drawing you in. Or, or like an Amway thing. I mean, Trump is connected to the DeVos's, yes. so mm-hmm. maybe it's a little bit of an Amway state right, exactly. of like, hey, by the way, while you're here, let me tell you the wonderments of... <laughs> Well, well, that was an interesting story. Th- there's a YouTube video uh, back in 2008 on Halloween, um, the t- 2008 election between Barack Obama and John McCain. There was a lady in Detroit who she would only she asked kids trick or treaters as they came up to their her door, "Do you, are your parents voting for Obama or McCain?" And if they said that they're voting for Obama, she said, "Well, I can't give you any candy." Like, I don't want your candy lady. How rude. Exactly. Like, an eight-year-old kid. Like, I don't know who the heck And, and she also for. was handing out McCain pamphlets, too, oh, along with to, to uh, the McCain supporters. <laughs> well, everybody's got something, I guess. Yeah, I, I agree. People are desperate. So what ended up happening is that because the ladies were kind of persistent, I said, okay, I guess I'll, maybe I'll give this sign to a friend. Because <laughs> I figured, you know, they, they sound like they really were, they wanted to try to get rid of the word. And, and, uh, so so the, you were so much, the story yeah. is it worked. Is it now? Yeah, it worked and they think they got another voter. Well, no, well, not me. I made it, I tried to make it clear this is for a friend, you know. And, yeah. and uh, so I. A friend I don't like very much. <laughs> so. Oh, that's hilarious. Well, well, that's a hard, and that's a hard position to put someone in when you're working. Because even if you were like a huge anti-Trump, you don't want to be rude mm-hmm. because you're working. Oh, so, yeah. Because I would probably be hip and fired that day. <laughs> well, Josh, are you getting ready to say? Well, I was just going to say, you know, 
I do try to um, respect all of the viewpoints and not, even if I, you know, I I do disagree with Trump and I I won't be voting for him, but I don't want to make anyone feel bad for supporting Trump or for voting for him, you know, and I, so I I didn't want to intimidate. So that was kind of why I I said, uh, here, yeah, I'll I'll give this sign to my friend. And very discreetly, I walked over to my car looking around, because I do have a couple of, uh, liberal friends at Lowe's and I didn't like uh there's this <laughs> yeah they're gonna be like we saw you Chris mm-hmm. oh I have a really nice friend named uh uh I'll say his name Shane <laughs> I won't uh-huh. I won't Shout out to Shane mm-hmm. I won't give him an alibi today or I mean a, a, an assumed name I won't give him alias. Assume, an alias yes. there you go. thank you Jeff. I won't give him an alias but um yeah Shane uh is real against Trump, and he's real, real excited. He really hopes that Joe Biden will win the election. And so, as I'm walking to my car, I'm looking. Oh, I sure <laughs> hope that Shane isn't walking by. Right, he'll be like, "Oh no, Chris, you traitor!" You're gonna be on security footage from Lowe's. Like they're gonna, they, somebody's gonna be looking at that security footage, like in the the loss prevention team or something. <laughs> nah. Like Chris was walking to his car with a truck. I think it would have been fun to take the sign and then to walk over to the trash can and throw it in there. But thanks. Mm, that would <laughs> Obviously, be you're not gonna do that, but I would have loved to do that. Oh, that would have been real clever. <laughs> Here, this is why I think of Trump. <laughs> Well, well, that is a, that is an interesting story. And that's not my first time dealing with a yard sign. Uh, I remember <laughs> when I, I uh, when Mom and Dad we took a trip to the Upper Peninsula four years ago, and I may have told this to Josh during the podcast four years ago, but uh, there was Tom Casperson. Uh, he was a real popular state senator in the Upper Peninsula. And I think he was from like the Escanaba area, but but anyway, so he was the favorite in the primary, and uh, he and uh, Republican, but he ended up losing the primary to um, that general uh, Jack Bergen, I think is his name. So, um, but there were these signs like on the road in the upper, and you know the roads in the Upper Peninsula that go on forever. They had like literally like. Dot, 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 that many signs. And I said to mom and dad, hey, I know that Tom Casperin sign. I mean, I, I, I know who that Tom Casperin guy is. So my dad said, well, Chris, why don't, let's pull over. You, you, why don't you get a free sign? I said, huh? Wait, wait, you, I don't know. A free sign. <laughs> a free sign, like they're usually not free. <laughs> well, well, he thought that since they're just stacked there, this is an empty road. There oh, were, gotcha. And, okay. And, and it was like more like in the woods area, the foresty areas. So there weren't any businesses or stores or anything around. So uh, no buildings. So my dad figured there, there's thousands, hundreds of signs out here. They're not going to miss one. So uh, I did. I hopped out of the car. My dad pulled over. I hopped out and uh, put a car, a, a sign inside. So Tom can't. You heard it here first. Beavery. Beavery. the podcast. Beavery. That's right. Beavery. Beavery. That's a, well, I, I appreciate that. That's a yeah. fun little, uh, you, you know, you got to do that. I mean, you probably cost him the vote of one deer or possible bear or something. I should mention, actually, it was the primary had already happened. It was after the primary. So Ah. that's the other reason why my dad... So you saved somebody some cleanup time. (laughs) Yeah, we can justify this. See, I I should have mentioned that. That's why 
I, we didn't think of it as a feathery. <laughs> it's it's <laughs> the primary it already happened. Well, I mean, you know, it wasn't quite having a starving fam- family and stealing a loaf of bread. But you know, <laughs> <laughs> this was more of a, you know, you were doing a good function for, for society by taking away some litter. So. <laughs> it was a treasure walk, ultimately. Uh, yeah, I didn't think of that. Yeah, it was a treasure walk in the UP. <laughs> Just a, a stone throw away from where Grandpa grew up. Mm-hmm. And Sheboygan. Right. Sheboygan. <laughs> yeah, um, I, the, the, the process of anybody wanting to like pawn off their political anything in, in public is just such a weird... It was probably just like a, they had him in the back of their car because they were doing it. He came in and gave the dirt, and they're like, hey, it was just one of those things, like, do you want one of these? You sure. Know, like, I mean, I could see that happening. Sure. It's just, it's like, um, it's just always funny because we want to be, we want our political beliefs and, and whatever to be known um, because we're all right. We are all 100% correct on everything that we think and feel, uh, opposed to the other person who's 100% right about everything they think and feel. Um, but at the end of the day, we only want to do that like on social media or things like that. You know, we're, we don't actually have to see somebody's face you know, while we're doing it. We typically are not going to accost somebody you know, with our political beliefs in public. And, but there's a handful of people who really they're just wired that way. They're just like they don't they don't care about that social coup. They're just like, sure, why not? You know, I'm talking to this person. I'm gonna make this a political conversation immediately. Right. And um, well, right now everything's a political conversation. <laughs> that is a sad. That is a sad truth. I it's uh, will agree with that. season. It's uh. It's it's wabbit season right now. <laughs> wabbit season. <laughs> well, I remember uh, right having the podcast with you guys. I think it was a day or two after the twenty sixteen presidential election. And I remember Josh said he heard a lot of people saying, "You can't tell me." And yeah, I agree. We're, we're in that same state now. Where yeah. You can't tell me, you know, how to vote, how to feel, how you know what to believe. So. Or what's true. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, that's true. You know, that's a hard one right now is, you know, the, the, to quote Homer Simpson, you know, facts <laughs> schmacks. <laughs> facts schmacks. You See, can use those to prove anything that's even remotely true. <laughs> See, I, yeah, I can I can imagine Homer saying, facts schmacks. <laughs> yeah, that, I mean, that's, that's what we're in right now. It's people just kind of conflate whatever thing that they heard into whatever story they want it to sound like and Mm -hmm. then they just say it and if it's emotional enough and it's gripping enough then it you know then it means something and if it's not then it doesn't and um it's it's just it's disorienting it's it's very very disorienting right now just trying to figure out what the heck is actually going on (laughs) on a day-to-day basis but right and as i always like to say um, I'd like to always point back to the old Bill Hicks joke, you know, you sit and watch the news and war, death, famine, war, death, famine. That's all you see, war, death, famine. But then you turn the news off, you go to your window and you look and you go, wow, there's birds out there. And, and, <laughs> That's you know, right. They're, they're eating their food and, and <laughs> there's flowers that were planted that, that grew. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's like you gotta, you gotta choose a focal point somewhere and, and work with what you got. And so... <laughs> 
And, um, oh, yeah, I agree, Bill Hicks, that, that is real good advice to turn off all the negativity and focus on something positive. And I should mention that Randy, uh, he is also a big fan of Bill Hicks. <laughs> Bill Hicks is, uh, was a, a, mm-hmm. a very interesting cat and had some uh, definitely great insight into our society. Um, I don't think he gets <clears throat> the credit he's due for... Uh, some of the things he brought to light uh, for society at that time. But mm-hmm. I, I feel that way about really high-level uh, comedians anyway. Like, you know, your best storyteller comedians usually are the ones that really shine a light best on the things in our lives that just make no sense and why, why we're going right. in that direction. Mm-hmm. Social problems. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, but, uh, but yeah, the, the, the concept of, you know, Whatever you're looking at as uh, a source of information from somewhere other than exactly where you are personally, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you always have to temper that with that is somewhere other than where I am personally. Whether Mm -hmm. good or bad, it doesn't matter, you know. But like if you're if you're dealing with things in your own life that need to be dealt with, focusing on whatever it is, uh, you know, happening somewhere else is not going to help you deal with your own issues. You do have to have an awareness of what's going on around you and what's causing other people's frequencies to be changing and, you know, the people you're going to come in contact with, what's the things that are driving their fears. That's important to know, but you also have to have a, you have to have a governor on it and meter out exactly (laughs) how much of it that you're going to really let dictate your daily, everyday action, you know, Mm -hmm. and, um, and that's a tough balancing act and it's, it's increasingly noisier uh, right now, and it's incumbent upon all of us to take some time to focus in on things like the birds. Like the birds. Right. So they sound like me. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> well, I mean, it's once in a great while. you got to do it. you got to re- hit the reset button, you know? You just you can't, you can't live in the chaos all the time. It, it doesn't, lead, doesn't lead to good results, and we all know that. We, I mean, that's, that's not a, you know... Uh, an epiphany for us we know these things we know we do not actually react well when we're in crisis mode mm-hmm. that's when we make our worst decisions all of us do you know oh, yeah. when you're starving and you're broke and you're you know you're pissed off because the car's broken too <laughs> you know like that's when you do something stupid like kick the curb and break your foot you know like <laughs> you know like i'm just gonna add to this you know ah, i'll show them ah, and then you can't then you can't even work that you know and that's what we're doing. <laughs> <laughs> no, I agree with you, Josh. Yeah, they, you, we do all need to have empathy for others. And and I think the thing you, you were saying about how, you know, it seems like right now there, there's not a lot of unity and, you know, definitely a lot of bickering. I think the b- big reason for that would be the coronavirus. Everybody's tired of the coronavirus. And um, if I, I want to tell you another joke for, about Lowe's. So Shane, the, the guy I was telling you about, real nice guy, Shane, you know, he works in um, a couple different departments, but I think that day, I think he was in millworks at Lumber and stuff like that. So he said that um, a customer came up to him and was not wearing a mask. I think it was before the, the before Governor Whitmer made the order, though, back in June, that everyone had to wear a mask in public. But So Shane, he said the customer... He Shane's wearing his mask while he's trying to help the customer. Customer interrupts him and says, "Hey, hey, young man, I I can't understand you. Get get that bull 
shit off of your face. <laughs> and Shane said, no, I, I can't take this off. We, we're not allowed to. And the guy kept persisting. I can't understand you. You need to take your mask off. And uh, Shane said, no, no, I'm sorry, sir. Got to keep it on. And <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I agree. A lot of people, uh, I just thought that was a perfect situation to describe where someone, you know, can't see that uh, us workers, you know, that we get we need to wear our masks right you know, and um yeah that's it yeah and and the empathy thing is important and the empathy thing is severely lacking due to us politicizing things like the covid response you know um the truth is we seem to have had a virus come through our, our country just like every other country in the world <laughs> Mm-hmm. And for all the different reasons and all of the things that go into it, it became a perfect storm that our country seemed to take the brunt of it. Mm-hmm. Which for a organized, uh, rich, industrial nation seems to be unfathomable. <laughs> you know, like that seems to be one of those things where you go, how could it be? that we are as you know have as much as we have when compared to the rest of the world but yet something like this happens and this is going to affect us that badly um that then turned into you know political infighting and outfighting and mm-hmm. and you have this segregation of society between people um based upon one pretty core belief you know that it doesn't really need to to be a belief like it's we needed to have some unified direction right and we did not have it okay no matter what that direction was it needed to be unified mm-hmm. we didn't do it and we suffered for it and now it's driven us further into our own groupings <laughs> where we don't actually spend any time with people who are not like-minded of us mm-hmm. you know nothing of quality and you can't because we're still in a half quarantine state where we like kind of can go in public but we kind of really can't you know <laughs> do what we, we used to right. and so people who connect with one side of the politicizing of this thing are just like well i'm not going out in public at all <laughs> i'm not dealing with these people because they won't wear masks or or if they do they're bitched about and i don't like them or they might have a trump mask and then i'm gonna <laughs> have to punch them you know and the other side's like you know we want everything we want um and you know these these people are just stop, stopping us from doing it and nobody is actually doing the things that we used to do pretty normally which was just coincide at places and so you might work with some people who you know, for instance, are a Trump supporter and you're not. And but you worked with them on a daily basis, saw them every day, and you had to actually do other things besides just talk about politics. <laughs> and so you kind of didn't feel as you know beat up inside and and as cornered you know and away from people. The same way as like um, you know how to how do you get somebody who is an old uh, you know racist who never had to have any interactions with somebody of another race, how do you get them to stop being a racist? Right. <laughs> well, you introduce them to people who are of a different race than them and have proximity with them, you know, day after day. You know, it typically happens by a grandchild. You know, like if, if somebody's an old racist and then 
you know, the grandchild that turns out to be, you know, a mixed child, <laughs> that's usually the thing that breaks that ice. You know, right. like, well, you know, I, I you know, I, we, we laugh about it with, you know, uh, certain people of the older generation and gay people. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I, the gay people are this. Uh, what, what about your nephew? Oh, I love him and his husband's awesome. You know, like, <laughs> like you know, it's just right. a, you know, like, but, but gays as a whole, you know, like, no, it's by having people around us that makes us able to connect and give us empathy Mm -hmm. you know and we're losing that empathy because we're not spending time with people who do have for whatever the reasoning uh different political views than you because Mm -hmm. we have made politics all about like it's all of these views together as one big bundle against all of these views together as one big bundle and that's the only two options you know and and we're in the middle of the coronavirus stuff where people are physically separated from each other too so you don't even get to have some levels of cross match nation so it's it's tough it's this is a tough season and we've never seen you know it's unprecedented times you know blah 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 but we've never seen it quite like this before it'll be interesting to see what shakes out of it um mm-hmm. i just hope that people kind of remember to take time to look at the birds once in a while and uh, for their their close circles, find time to get a hug in with somebody who needs a hug, and and you know that kind of stuff. It'd be safe. I'm not in trouble for that. Nah, oh. you're not in trouble with me. No. Um, <laughs> but I, I just hope that we do. I, I hope that we we take time to do that because if not, uh, man, oh man, we're we're gonna hurt ourselves like this. Mm-hmm. So. No, but, I. Well, that's a crazy sidebar to take just off of a uh, sign uh, being given to you out of somebody's back trunk of their car. But <laughs> oh no, I'm gl- I'm glad you got in your soapbox, Josh. That was pretty profound. I I really did enjoy hearing your thoughts. And Terry, you look like you have something to add. To I do not. Just... Oh, okay. Just the Thank way you. the way you're no. holding your head up. It looked like <laughs> she's just trying to force herself not to fall asleep. Because no, 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 not at all. No, it was a noble look, like. <laughs> that's my husband who said that. <laughs> Look how smart he is. Yes, that's right. A, pr- a proud look. That's right. Pride. <laughs> no, I agree with you, Josh. We we do need to all have empathy. Like you said, if we don't have empathy, then we um we become like the monsters on Maple Street. You know, just that's all right. uh, tearing at each other. <laughs> that's that's right. correct. Uh, we go back to being the monkeys. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the monkeys throwing the band. throwing poo at each other. <laughs> some disagreements but I don't I don't think <laughs> Davy Jones and Michael Nesmith I don't think it ever got that rough let's hope not <laughs> well it does raise an interesting question though if the four of us were the, playing the monkeys who would who would we all have to be <laughs> well I already always am Mickey because that's what I was when I was a kid so I'm claiming Mickey you're Mickey okay <laughs> well Chris which monkey would you have to be well um that's a good question uh I don't think I don't know much about Michael Nesmith, so I would say probably not Michael Nesmith. Um, probably uh, either Peter Tork or uh, Davy Jones. Because okay. I was gonna say Granny would be one of those, and you would be the other. I don't know which one, but <laughs> I could see because Davy is you know lovable and charming. Mm-hmm. And Pete, Peter is very spiritual and kind and sweet, so well, either one for both I, of you. Spiritual and sweet, so let's like Granny be Peter Tork. Okay. 
Alfie Davy Jones, the first one to pass away. Well, oh, well, that's a that's really lovely. <laughs> <laughs> and he plays the harp. Peter in the in the one episode where he uh accidentally sells his soul to the devil to play the harp. He doesn't know that that's what he did. But. Well, I didn't yes. know it was Peter Peter Tork. Yep. The harp. Oh, I didn't yep. know that about him. That's really cool. So, Josh, you of course are Mike Nesna because that's your guy. I, yes, of course. Nine I, times blue. I have to get the um, sock hat and put that on. You've got lots of sock hats. Well, i got to get one with the, the ball. With the ball on top. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that's great. The ball cap, that'll be good. And Josh can play nine times blue, which is good because he, he really likes nine times blue. That's correct, yes. That's uh, a, a B-side monkey song or an A-side uh, Nesma song. But Interesting, yes. <laughs> I can also do uh, The Girl I Knew Somewhere. That's uh, a great song. Oh, I didn't know that. Was was it Michael Nesmith singing, or yep. did he... Oh, he wrote it. He yep. wrote it and sang it. Well, that's cool. Yeah, I um, I admit, I'm not as... Um, well, I, I really liked on Facebook when Josh asked the question, uh, who is a better American band, the Monkees or the Beach Boys? And I I responded... I, Josh got a lot of good comments, mm-hmm. but... I think my point, I said I thought the Beach Boys were a little bit more uh, well-known because uh, it just seemed like when they released their uh, reunion album, That's Why God Made the Radio in 2012, it had a lot more publicity than did uh, the Monkees album that came out in 2016. Sure, no, absolutely. I, I, I think it's an interesting question because it's a, a question of longevity, um versus like being the biggest thing for a short period of time like just mm-hmm. being uh you know uh, uh huge on so many different levels not just right. a touring band not just an album selling band but making tv shows and and ones that would be done and rerun forever so right. it, it, but they're both co- pop culture icons it's just which one to do you think is like the most lasting iconic thing? And I, mm-hmm. I in a lot of ways, I feel like it's the monkeys because right. you still see brand new parodies of the monkeys on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. Like you know, you still see people uh, doing that style of a show. You still see people uh, doing the monkey walk, you know, or whatever. Like that's still <laughs> a thing. Oddly enough, all these years later. So yeah. the Beach Boys is it's funny. Like we just watched. What was the Ed Sullivan show, wasn't it? That we saw them playing, and I I don't remember what the I know I didn't know the song, but it was some kind of surf and love California right. surf <laughs> love song. Um, but you know, looking at them playing on Sullivan, it was uh, it was definitely right before um, Pet Sounds came out because it was before they allowed themselves to kind of change up their look a little bit. But their hair was all getting longer, mm-hmm. um, so they. You know, like right in that maybe like 64, 65 range, I'm guessing. Maybe it was uh, Do It Again. Is that the song that they played? I have no idea. I don't know. I've never heard of it. I I don't remember which one it was that they played on there. I'm sure there's only a handful of... uh, Just smiling at green. Oh, sorry. (laughs) Was it color or black and white? It was black and white. It was color. Was it? Okay. Because, oh, I'm sorry. I was just going to say that I'm looking at the uh, the videos here for YouTube. And 
I think it probably was Do It Again that you guys heard, because the other song they did, be, these are ones they did on that Sullivan show, and the other one was Good Vibrations, and I'm sure, Josh, you not know Good Vibrations. You, it's you, definitely you, not Good Vibrations. Yeah, you would have remembered that you knew that song. <laughs> but, uh, no, I, I, so I'll be honest, I, I don't know too much about the monkeys, and I, I have nothing against them, I just never really have sat down and I think I listened to their Grace Hits album but I couldn't at that time I couldn't tell any of the lead singers apart you know and, but I remember reading that in 1968 the Monkees they outsold both the Beatles and the Rolling Stones combined for that year when they uh, 1968 when they released more of the Monkees right and um I think that's really cool to think, you know, two of the top bands from Great Britain that here's this American band being both of them, you know. Well, I think the thing for the Monkees, honestly, is that, like, you know, Terry and I both grew up watching syndication of the Monkees when we were kids. Mm -hmm. And I I think that that's half the battle. Like, um, you didn't grow up watching that show. And that's a big thing. Like, if you would have, if, if, say, the Monkees TV show would have been in the rotation on your Saturday morning, like it was for us, like just buried in between a couple cartoons that you like to watch, and it started to be something you watched a few times over and over again, you start feeling like, man, what's this really weird show that I, you know, I keep seeing? Like, it, it, it's almost hypnotic the way it, it draws you in. And before you know it, like, you're a huge fan of, of this band that doesn't really exist in your life. Like, I, I thought of the Monkees when I was six, seven years old as being, like, the hippest, coolest band in the world. But <laughs> I didn't think about the fact that they were from the 60s. Like, as a kid, I didn't, that, that perspective didn't mean anything right. to me. Yeah. And so, um, you know, I just kind of, they were kind of a mythical thing to me mm -hmm. growing up. And, um, you know, and then, as each, like, like each marker in my life happened that I would go back and see the monkeys again, I would find other things about the show that I was, or about the music that I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. That's interesting that that, you know, that there actually was more to the whole story than just this weird television show or just this band that made songs that was on the oldie station. So, you know, whatever. And, um, but you had, I, th I think for the monkeys to really truly have an appreciation for it, I think you had to have been able to experience their TV show when you're a child to like be brought in on this inside joke of who they are and just have fun with them. You know, um, I, I feel like a lot of generations of people grew up feeling like they knew the monkeys and that they were buddies with them. Like, uh, uh, what, what was the, the one thing, uh, uh, um, Malcolm Gladwell, um, or not, not Malcolm Gladwell, um, Rushkoff, Douglas Rushkoff mm -hmm. was interviewing Mike Nesmith uh, a couple months ago. And he said to Mike Nesmith that as a child, he wrote a letter to the, uh, to the monkeys, Mike Nesmith in particular. Uh, he wrote him a letter saying, I don't think you're happy there living in that monkey house with those other three guys. If you need a place to stay, you can come live with my family. <laughs> and like actually like as a kid earnestly sat and wrote that out and sent that to Mike Nesmith because he watched him on a TV show and thought he knew him and thought you know and that Douglas Rush thought that he lived there thought that he house, lived yeah. there and he thought that he knew him well enough to offer him a hand out of this really clearly codependent <laughs> ugly you. relationship he was having with these other three guys you know like <laughs> and, and this is Douglas Rushkoff who's like a, 
an extremely smart economist now, like somebody who grew up and like has done amazing work. Um, so I, clearly it's, it's had like that kind of lasting impact with a lot of different people, but I, I just don't know that it's easy to explain in a vacuum. And probably similar to like your love of the of the Beach Boys, mm-hmm. you know your love of the Beach Boys. A lot of that does come from the fact not because you were a kid when the Beach Boys were popular or because you were you know where, it was because you listened to it with your parents. Right. You liked being with your parents and you liked the feeling that you got from that. You mm-hmm. know, and, and that happened to be the soundtrack for those really fun times with your parents. And um, we we love. We love to always hold dear the soundtracks to really important times in our lives. Oh, yeah. You know, Granny, uh, you know, still holds dear to the Southern Gospel songs, mm-hmm. the, the I'll Fly Aways, the, the, the mm-hmm. Land Where You Never Grow Old, because that was an important part of her life, and they were the soundtrack to that time. The Beach Bowls were an important soundtrack to that part of your life. Mm-hmm. Or my mom, she, uh, Hey Jude by the Beatles, she said that that song reminds her of her childhood. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Sweet. Yeah, it is. It is sweet. I agree to think of those songs that they're they're timeless, and I and I think that's really what it is with the monkeys and the Beach Boys. That uh, I, especially the monkeys when I they I that's another thing about since you asked about Lewis earlier. Recently, they've been they changed their playlist from new modern songs to oldies music. And Interesting. Oh yeah, there's a cycle right now where there's like three or four monkey songs playing uh, throughout the playlist. Uh, um, Last Train to Clarksville, I'm a Believer. Uh, I think they play I'm Not Your Stepping Stone. And um, there's a fourth one. Uh, Valerie, maybe? No, no, I think it, it, Daydream Believer. Yeah. Okay. And, and when I hear, you know, Daydream Believer and uh, Last Train to Clarksville, I think... Oh, these are these songs are ahead of their time, you know. For you know, late sixties, they they sound so timeless, and you know, they've Daydream Believer has aged beautifully, you know. Very, well, and, and think about the scope of that. Last Clint, Train to Clarksville was their first single mm-hmm. when they really weren't fully a band yet. They were a TV show, mm-hmm. and um, but they were just really starting to figure out who who they were as a band. But that's a protest song against Vietnam Mm -hmm. like that was their first single was them going on TV and protesting Vietnam Uh, then you take that to like you know to Daydream Believer and that other stuff where it's like they had this really weird thing where they were not only going to go out and sing uh, lovey pop songs sugary (laughs) pop songs where Davy Jones swings his hips back and forth and shakes the maracas and looks longingly into the, the young girl's eyes throughout the country and makes sparkles come out of their eyes, you know, like this, you know, that part of their band, which is like the boy band thing that we all think of, right. like, you know, the new kids on the block and, and sync and all those things like that's all that, that sound. But then they also had last train to Clarksville and <laughs> I'm not your stepping stone, uh, Pleasant Valley Sunday. I mean, mm-hmm. those were all, that was, that was speaking right to the heart of the, the 13 to 16 year old uh, kids who are like, this doesn't seem right. Like you're starting to become an adolescent and you're starting to grow into your adulthood kind of thing. And you're looking at adults and going, I, this doesn't make sense the way you guys are doing things. Like, you know, and and there's like a protest to it. And and you feel like as a kid, that that's the only voice actually speaking that truth out to you out of your pop music. 
So, like, they had a very weird relationship with their young audience at that time um, because of how different their songwriting was. And then um, then you sprinkle in the Nesmith songs in there, and all of a sudden you actually could pull in a little bit of an adult audience, too, because of the way he wrote lyrics. So... Yeah, it was just it was just interesting, and uh, you think about like being at Lowe's, and that's you know last train to Clarksville. That's just oldie song, you know, it's just oldie song in the background. But that song was a protest song, and that was a song that definitely caught the attention of a lot of people um, who would not have already have considered themselves to be protesters mm-hmm. or thought themselves to be you know whatever. It, it was young kids and caught their attention in the suburbs. Mm-hmm. So yeah, they had some cultural importance. But, and so did the Beach Boys. Beach Boys make pet sounds, and you cannot argue with the importance of that album and, and you know, what it means. Um, right. Even right now, the, uh, I don't know, if did you read the, the Rolling Stone Top 500 list yet? I I have. Not not the entire list, but yeah, yeah I, de- I definitely have skimmed through it. And I, uh, number one is Like a Rolling Stone by Bob Dylan. I think. Oh no, the albums. They just came out with the top five hundred albums of all time earlier this this week. Oh no, I'm sorry. Albums. Sorry, I thought you said songs. Uh, I know I haven't read it. Yeah. So, um, the only reason we know is it was on the morning news a couple times. Like they were just referencing it. But the number one album they picked was Marvin Gaye's "What's Going On," Mm -hmm. which. I, I'll have to go back and revisit it again. I, I remember not being overly impressed with it. Like, I like it, but I wouldn't, you know, it wasn't, it didn't blow my world out, you know, kind of thing. But um, number two, two was Pet Sounds, right? Was that? Two or three, I can't remember. Yeah, two or three was Pet yeah. Sounds. Um, Songs of the Key of Life was like, Stevie yeah, Wonder. was three, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, Abbey Road was five. And something else was in there. Pro- probably a Bob Dylan album. No, uh, oh no, I don't think Bob Dylan made top ten at all. No, oh. I thought he did. I, I think Blood, Blood on uh, Blonde on Blonde. Uh, Blonde on Blonde was in the between ten and twenty, I think, somewhere in there. Oh. But regardless, yeah, it was just interesting that Marvin Gaye's "What's Going On" was picked as number one. I was like, hmm, I've, I've never read a list in my life where that was uh, picked as number one album. Yeah, uh, you know, um, that is real nice, you know, and you think, yeah, that probably does have to do with, you know, the George Floyd protests and the coronavirus is probably, but I, and I have listened to what's going on because it was one, actually when I was in Mr. Jensen's rock and roll class, their, um, the album review list, uh, what's going on was one of the albums we could choose from. I did not write a review on that album because there, there were other ones that, uh, but, um, we could only do four, but I thought about it, and I listened to it and thought about it. And there is a lot of beautiful songs in there, like Mercy, Mercy Me, and what, What's Going On. And uh, it, it definitely is one of those albums, not only does it have good harmonies, but it definitely, uh, it does seem like real inspirational music. So I agree, that's very nice, that Rolling Stone, it, and uh, that they chose What's going on, number one, and and I'm glad Pet Sounds was number two or number three. Yeah, that was my point, I guess, was just that you can't argue. Like, Pet Sounds is always in that list. Like, it's always Mm -hmm. in the top five of anybody's list, um, regardless of uh, publication or whatever. And so that's, 
definitely have to point to that and go, well, Beach Boys clearly did something right. So, mm-hmm. uh, and, and, and you still hear the, the stupid surfing songs everywhere. So, <laughs> I, I uh, you know, 50 million Elvis fans can't be wrong, I guess. Oh, yeah. I remember you telling that before, Josh, that you're saying you're not an Elvis fan, but you're not going to disagree with 50 million other fans. And, and you know, um, that's a good thing. And if I could say, too, the Beach Boys, they have that uh, the oldies playlist at Lowe's. There's a couple of Beach Boys songs on there, too. Like, uh, Good Vibrations Plays, um, Wouldn't It Be Nice, okay. Barbara Ann. I heard Barbara Ann the other day. That's always so. fun. Oh, yeah. but And actually, it's funny, Josh, you were saying about those songs that, you know, remind you of your childhood or that bring back sweet memories. Well, I actually remember Mom, Dad, me, and Randy, we went to... Um, I think it was Silver Lake or some somewhere on Lake Michigan, and we we were driving from the hotel to the beach. And of all the songs to come on the radio, it came on Barbara Ann by the Beach Boys. And it and it's funny because it, me being five or six years old, I I didn't really know who the Beach Boys were, but you know I'd heard Barbara Ann before. And and even then, I was thinking this is a real nice happy song to be playing, you know, when you're going to the beach and. I didn't even know it was by a beach band. Well, it obviously sets the tone for going to the beach. I mean, you know, it just gives you that feeling, which how do you you materialize to say this music is going to make you feel like this, you know, whatever that this is. And, And for them to have mastered a sound that made people feel like, yes, I am going to the beach right now. And it stuck with them for the rest of their lives. That's that's a definitely an iconic thing. So if you're like um, if you're writing a movie and you have a scene where everybody gets in the car and you want to give shorthand to say, hey, they're all about to go to the beach. You just start playing the first couple notes of a Beach Boys song, and people are like, oh, clearly they're on a vacation to go to the beach. You know, like that's you know it, it's shorthand. It just immediately makes that thing happen in your mind. So that's pretty mm-hmm. cool that you have. Uh, a story of that from your own life, so mm-hmm. a first-hand account. <laughs> first-hand account. Well, Granny, I think uh, we are going to start wrapping up shop because we got to go uh, take the llama. Okay, go see my mom. Oh yeah. We're gonna go take her for a walk, and then we got to get back home and start uh, doing our home repairs. Yes. So. Oh wow. I always remember her living way up there. That's right. Yeah, she still lives way up there. there. We have to. We uh, have to wait for her to come way down to us. Yes. When we go over there. Oh dear lady. I'm not gonna. No problem. Just because I was wiping my nose. (laughs) That's a good thing then. Yeah, I agree. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for letting us gather together and have a, a real fun podcast today. And bless Josh and Terry and let their, their home repairs go really well. And uh, uh, let uh, um, let them have fun with uh, Dolly Mama. <laughs> and bless Granny and let Granny have a wonderful day. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. And thank you, Chris, for that prayer. Wasn't that nice? <laughs> Three, two, one, glory! <laughs> it's a beautiful day. It sure is, yeah, and I saw Miss Liz sneak in here. She did. Yeah. Yes. Thank you.